Welcome to Worldwide Wonderful Women, a podcast for your living in divine power when yours is diminished. A podcast where encouragers receive encouragement. We understand these are hard times. You may find that it is becoming more of a challenge for you to remain strong as you give of yourself continuously. That's why this is the place to join other women globally who face the same challenges as you. So join us regularly to receive biblical insight not to faint, but to stand strong. This is the podcast to be rejuvenated and revitalized. Now, let's join our host, Paula Harris. Hello, and welcome to episode number 301 of Worldwide Wonderful Women. And the title of this episode is Wonderful Women, Part 4. I want to once again take a moment to acknowledge Memorial Day and all those that gave their lives so that we can enjoy our freedom. I am thinking of the families who are going forward without their loved ones, I just pray that God would protect and provide for you in every way. And may you see his mighty hand in your lives as you go forth throughout this year. May he restore peace and joy to you and to your loved ones. And thank you again for your sacrificial service. I pray all of us as women are finding our way to a new normal as more things open up in our communities. I trust that you're seeking God's wisdom from above for how to live each day. This month, we have been looking into the scriptures to glean inspiration from some of the women in the Bible. This is our last week for doing so. And this week, we're going to look at Joanna. There's not much written about her in the Bible, but you can read about her in Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3, and Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. I would encourage you to go back and listen to our previous podcast as well. For many years, I have emphasized in our ministry that the women who work diligently behind the scenes are of utmost importance to this ministry. Just like the parts of our body that are hidden, which are more urgent than those that are seen outwardly, these individuals may not be on stage or in the forefront, but I know for a fact that our ministry would collapse if these women were not faithfully functioning where no one has been able to see them. You know this to be true of the heart versus an eye. Now, I don't want to sound gross, but you can lose an eye and your body will still function. But if your heart stops, your whole body is going to cease to function. There is not much written about Joanna in the scriptures, but the few passages that state her name tells us how important she was to Jesus and his earthly ministry. You know, you may be in a place where you question your value or worth in serving our Lord. Maybe you've been comparing yourself with someone else who seems to be known and accomplishing so much. Maybe you are attacked with thoughts that what you do is so minute compared to what it seems others are accomplishing. And maybe your health or other changes have slowed you down and what you do now cannot be compared to what you were accomplishing previously. 
Or maybe just the opposite is true of you. You have found that sweet spot of contentment in serving our Lord behind the scenes. You're not at all concerned about any applause from anyone but Jesus. You rejoice over your service being between you and him. Oh, you're not closed off from the body of Christ. You are right in there devoted to serving others. Yet, there's so much satisfaction in knowing that Jesus sees your obedience, even if no one else does. It doesn't matter which one of these scenarios you may find yourself in at this time. I believe hearing about Joanna can be an encouragement to us all. Now, Luke chapter 8, verse 1 to 3 states, Soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from which he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. The first thing that we learned from these few verses about Joanna was that she had the awesome privilege of traveling along with Jesus and his disciples as they preached the good news or the gospel about the kingdom of God. She was able to witness firsthand how our Lord approached and shared with others how they could have eternal life by placing their faith in him as the expected Messiah. She witnessed how the 12 disciples interacted with Jesus too. Then we learned that she was associated with the other women who were healed of evil spirits and diseases. Among them was Mary Magdalene and Susanna. At some stage in Joanna's life, Jesus of Nazareth cured her of an unspecified illness. Luke's gospel mentions evil spirits and diseases, which means that Joanna's illness could have been almost anything. The fact that she experienced his healing power personally and became one of his disciples is a beautiful thing. Her knowledge of him was not just through observation. She had a personal encounter with him that caused her to devote her life to him. In this passage, we also learn that Joanna was the wife of Cusa. Now, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He was Herod's business manager. So Joanna was a part of the upper class in first century Palestine. She married Cusa, an influential member of the staff of Herod Antipas, the Roman appointed ruler of Galilee. Herod's main place of residence was in Galilee, not far from Nazareth, where Jesus grew up. Antipas was one of the surviving sons of the legendary king Herod, whose paranoia led him to murder anyone who might even remotely threaten his grip on power. King Herod murdered his wife, his two sons, his mother and brother-in-law, and the innocent children of Bethlehem, who were massacred at about the time Jesus was born. Herod Antipas was King Herod's son and Cusa's master. I cannot imagine 
what he faced in serving Herod. We don't know how closely Johanna's life was intertwined with the royal household, but she would have certainly had known a lot about what went on because servants see everything and their master, which was her husband, would have known much as well. So she was a noble woman at Herod's court and much of the inside information about Jesus' trial and torture could have come from Joanna. She had access to the buildings and people the Galileans would not have had. And Joanna's husband held that prestigious position that would have given her status and financial stability as well. Now, the last thing we learn about her from this passage is that she contributed from her own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. So Joanna was a woman of means and influence who helped provide food, supplies, and finances for this missionary group from her own wealth. Whew, that's a lot to learn from just three passages of scripture. If you would take a moment and read Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 12, you will find her name mentioned again, which will give us a little bit more details. You see, Joanna, which means God is gracious, stayed with Jesus through the crucifixion and later was one of the three women who visited his tomb early on Easter morning or resurrection morning and found it empty. She was one of the first to proclaim the good news of the resurrection. Again, what a privilege this woman had. The accounts in the other Gospels do not mention Joanna as one of the group of women who observed Jesus' burial and was able to testify to his resurrection. Only Luke mentions her name. In looking up information on her, one commentary stated, By welcoming women like Joanna into his inner circle, Jesus broke with Jewish tradition and the strict social divisions of his day. And Joanna may have had to step down from her aristocratic social position when she chose to follow Jesus and associate with his disciples. After her conversion, Joanna traveled with Jesus, served him, learned from him, and financially supported his ministry. In first century Judaism, such conduct was considered scandalous for women, and especially a married woman. Joanna's life is an example of how the gospel demolishes class barriers and social prejudices. The fact that she was the wife of a man in Herod's employment is also ironic, given the general Herodian hatred for Jesus. Now, I thought that was something. That's why I wanted to quote that and share that with you. So although little is written about Joanna in the Bible, we can glean from just a few lines that she loved and was devoted to our Lord. She had the privilege of being one of the first people to share the good news of Christ's resurrection. Wow, imagine that. Well, I hope that you will let her example cause you to humbly serve too with no personal agenda of fame or personal glory. May all of us have that attitude that all that we do should be done for the glory of God alone. You don't have to have some big status on any of the social media platforms. You don't have to have your name in lights. 
as long as the light of Jesus is shining in you and you're humbly serving him, whether it's behind the scenes or in the front, just let your light so shine before men that they may see your light and give glory to your heavenly Father. So again, my sister, let your life's ministry be as unto our Lord and not for the applause of others. Serve Jesus wholeheartedly and you too will testify of his resurrection power in your own life. Well, be blessed and join me again next week and smile. Jesus loves you. Thank you for listening to Worldwide Wonderful Women. We trust you enjoyed the program. Please take a moment to leave us a good rating and review on iTunes to help us continually encourage others around the globe. We also invite you to go to TWMforJesus.org. That's T-W-M like in Mary, F-O-R-J-E-S-U-S dot O-R-G to download your free gift and see other resources to help you live in divine power. And oh, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time, be strong and of good courage.